listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon. A.K.A. DJ El Duce. <laughs> and shepherds we will be. For thee, my lords, for thee. Something, something. <laughs> Latin. Spiritus Santis. Spiritus Santi. Ugh. You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. <laughs> You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned, the show where we take some of your favorite movies from the 1990s to the mid-2000s, and we take a look at them objectively and see do they hold up now that we are mature, experienced moviegoers. Eh. Well, <laughs> the, mature. Know, yeah, it's debatable. Debatable. This week we watched uh, 1999's action crime thriller, The Boondock Saints. Dude, how much did everybody you know growing up love The Boondock Saints? Including myself, my friend. Yeah, I, I was kind of obsessed with this movie. This was one of those movies you discovered in high school, college age, I'd, I suppose. And if you were white and Irish... <laughs> You fucking love this movie, man, and dude, I'm both of those things. Dude, I have friends who weren't white and Irish who loved this movie, and that was what they kept telling me because I am white and Irish, and they'd be like, oh, you, you get, you're you going to love oh, yeah. Boondock Saints. This film, I think I said it last week, was put on a fucking pedestal yes, it was. by my friends. It was, it was billed as one of the best action movies ever made, so fucking cool, so badass. So fucking cool, bro. Ah. Uh, did it hold up, Zach? Let's find out. Oh, my God. Uh, a uh, quick plot synopsis there. Fraternal twins set out to rid Boston of the evil men operating there while being tracked down by an FBI agent. Played by Willem Dafoe. <laughs> oh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> so, uh, The Boondock Saints is directed by Troy Duffy, who also directed its sequel, The Boondock Saints 2 All Saints Day in 2009, and... Nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, then absolutely nothing else. Uh, a two-part comic book story, apparently serving as a companion to the movie sequel, was released in May of 2010. I have no idea about that. Uh, a TV series is, at the time of recording this right now, it's in the works, and it's called The Boondock Saints Origins. Wait. Does it have the two brothers? No. Oh, okay. So it's going to be them younger, I suppose. Maybe oh, them growing okay. up in Boston. Because if you were a New Englander, by the way, this movie means that much more to you. That's true. I don't have that angle going. Even though I live in New England now, I, I guess I can't really relate to it on that <laughs> yeah, level exactly. yet. Get the fuck out of here, Yeah, Zach. sorry. You're no boondock taint. <laughs> so uh, this movie has a 7.9 on IMDb. And famously on Rotten Tomatoes, this is, I think... It's in the top probably five movies to have the largest despair uh, difference, I guess, between yeah. critics and audience reviews. Audiences rated this movie something like a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a 20% by critics. And their consensus was, it's a juvenile, ugly movie that represents the worst tendencies of directors channeling Quentin Tarantino. Oh, God. And I got to tell you, just based on the idea that the IMDb rating is so high and the audience rating is so high, I'm just going to tell you right now, we are going to lose listeners today. We are going to piss people off. This, this is movie. probably going to piss a lot of people off. Um you know, we got to be true. We got to power hearts. through. This is the whole. Veritas, equitas, truth and justice. I can't pronounce it. <laughs> but <laughs> I, we got to be true to ourselves. I got to say, this is the whole reason we wanted to do a podcast like this because for too long, too long, movies like this have been considered great by people who just loved it 
for the nostalgia and maybe have not gone because honestly when was the last time you saw boondock saints well, no that's the sad part is i've, I've probably watched this i'd say probably five years ago and i probably i think i loved it back Insane. then i loved this in college dude i have fucking posters of this movie on my goddamn wall in my apartment growing up i'm pretty sure i haven't seen this in a solid eight to ten years okay all right yeah. well luckily we're releasing this right in time for saint fucking patty's day bro. yeah happy saint oh, oh goodness my goodness gracious. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. So, typically in the show, I go, you know, 1999, I'll tell you what other movies of the same genre came out then. But instead, I wanted to do uh, what other crime thrillers were out in 1999 that were basically kind of ripoffs of Tarantino. So, this came out in the late 90s, early 2000s. There was a wave of filmmakers trying to cash in on the Tarantino craze. The 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 non-linear editing, the hip dialogue, the uh, ultra-violence. There was a shit ton of these movies, but here, here are a couple of them. Uh, Way of the Gun, The Big Hit, which I remember starred Mark oh. Wahlberg, Suicide Kings, which actually has one of these actors, Sean Patrick Flannery, that was with uh, Christopher Walken, Very Bad Things, Reindeer Games, bro, oh, we, we already did that one, and uh, my favorite of the bunch was Go, which is actually, I think, out of all of those films, one of the very few ones that was actually uh, reviewed Favorably by critics. Dude, I can't remember any of those movies except for Reindeer Games, and honestly, only because we watched it. So, this movie, Boondock Saints, was made for $6 million. Guess how much it earned at the box office? I don't even want to. Just take a guess. Fucking. A hundred. $30,000. $30,000? $30,000 in the US. This movie uh, is one of the most famous fucked up bungled productions in the history of cinema so initially regarded as one of the hottest scripts in hollywood the movie had a very troubled production was finally given a limited theatrical release in 2000 in only five theaters for only one week due to the columbine high school massacre which had occurred right in 99 so the film ultimately wound up grossing about 50 million dollars in domestic video sales and developed a very large cult following. Blockbuster apparently released this movie as a as an exclusive, which back in the day was a collection of independent direct-to-video films because it huh. was shelved and then they picked it up and that's where a lot of people discovered this movie was from the uh, Blockbuster home video rental. That's crazy. I don't even remember Blockbuster doing originals. I don't either. I don't yeah. either. Uh, so Troy Duffy, the guy who wrote this, I guess his screenplay was inspired by his disgust at seeing a drug dealer taking money from a corpse across the hall from his apartment. He was living in Boston at the time, working as a bartender and a bouncer, had never written a screenplay before. So he wrote this. The script... There was a fucking bidding war over this thing. Literally considered one of the best scripts in Hollywood at the time. It went from New Line Cinema to Paramount, then to Miramax, all right? Miramax famously now, the Weinstein Company, famously now a I bankrupt. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure not a movie studio yeah. anymore after the whole Harvey Weinstein scandal. The documentary Overnight, released in 2003, chronicled the entire production of the movie, uh, his entire rags-to-riches, then backs-to-rags story. So Miramax offered him $450,000 to write and direct the film, despite him never being on a movie set. (laughs) Then they were going to give him about $15 million for the budget. However, during pre-production, apparently he exhibited some abrasive behavior, behavior rather, causing tension for many people involved in the project. In fact, it strained his relationships with friends and family in the film industry so much that it ultimately led to Miramax pulling out of the project, leaving the film to be made by another independent studio, which was 
franchise pictures, I believe, at half the originally proposed budget. 20th Century Fox eventually picked up the rights to distribute the film on DVD and Blu-ray later on. But I, I'm wondering, I've never seen the documentary overnight, and I've heard no. it's, it's really well made, but it's also kind of uh, misleading. It shows, from what I've read... Um, you know, it shows him clearly as kind of being a douche on set, but a lot of that, I guess, was taken possibly out of context. Again, I haven't seen the film, so I don't know. Right into us, because I'm curious about the movie. I've never gotten a, my hands on a copy of it, but I wonder in the wake of the Harvey Weinstein scandal, because he was known for destroying a lot of people's careers, if he might have, you know, had a hand in that. I, I, I assume maybe. this guy, Troy Duffy, is kind of might be a dick, too, and so they probably just clashed, but I wonder how... Weinstein's how that all went down. I, guess. I you know, I I'm not anywhere near close enough to that sort of thing yeah, yeah, to yeah. even comprehend that idea. But he does strike me as the kind of guy who I, I we were kind of mentioning this off air. Like he he's the kind of guy who's like, we gotta fix everything. We gotta fix this. <laughs> this world is crashing beneath our feet. We need to save all, all the angels. Yeah, we need <laughs> a lot to of religion that. in this movie oh as well. Oh my god. So despite its home video success, Troy Duffy never saw any of the profits from DVD distribution. Uh, I guess he signed away the DVD rights in his contract. And again, this is all according to him, but neither he, his producers, nor his principal cast got paid for the movie. Eventually, they sued Franchise Pictures and other undisclosed companies for royalties. Um, for the first film and rights to the sequel, apparently after some lengthy lawsuit, uh, Duffy, his producers, and the cast received an undisclosed amount of money of the Boondock Saints royalties as well as the sequel rights. <sighs> you All okay? Right. Before we start in this, I do want to give you a few alternative casting options here. These are some good ones, okay? Let me hear it. So other actors considered to play the McManus brothers, Connor and Murphy. Mm -hmm. Steven Dorff. Uh, Mark, say hello to your brother for me, <laughs> Wahlberg. <laughs> of course. Uh, Ewan McGregor, which could have been. I could I see that I've, one. I could see I that. I could have seen that. Uh, Nikki Cat and Brendan Fraser. Yeah, man, I'm into what? that. I am into dude. Brendan Fraser and Ewan McGregor Mr. in Furry Vengeance himself. <laughs> Miley Cyrus. It's <laughs> a reference to a film no one, no one, seen no no one, one should see. in the world has seen. Uh, lastly, some other actors considered to play FBI agent Paul Smecker, which of course is played by Willem Dafoe in this. Kenneth Branagh, Patrick Swayze, Sylvester Stallone, Bill fucking Murray? What? Mike Myers, Kevin Spacey, and Robert De Niro. I mean, there's some ambitious choices there very ambitious i will say willem dafoe's hands down the best fucking part of this movie but also the weirdest part oh, of this so movie. weird so weird and finally before we jump in uh the word fuck and its derivatives are used a total of 246 times in this 108 minute movie and we didn't even watch the director's cut bro we oh, watched theatrical we, yeah we could have too yeah we could have because we have the the blu-ray here the truth and justice edition Oh, goodness gracious. Anything else you want to add, Zach? But we, we didn't really get into too much of our history with the movie. You said you had uh, watched it, what, eight years ago? And that your, your friends had kind of built it up, right? Yeah, again, it, this was just a movie that, that a lot of people would come up to me and like make references to. And, yep. it, and it should have been a red flag. It wasn't a lot of my friends who saw a lot of movies. It was a lot of my friends who were definitely into sort of 
this kind of movie. Oh, yeah. You know, who were like, oh, man, it's awesome. It's so cool. It's so badass. Like, it's just one of the best action movies I've ever seen. And I, I remember being like, I mean, okay, I'll go watch. And I I think I went and found, like, a streaming service and watched okay. this movie. yep. And I, I finished it and remember not hating it at the time, just yeah. kind of being like, I mean, I don't really get the hype over it, but it wasn't terrible by any means necessary. And I I liked the Irish Catholic part in it. Yep. I, you know, I, Willem Dafoe was pretty, I thought, <laughs> funny. Um, I just like, I guess I saw it as a lot goofier of a movie as I did when we watched it today. All right. Well, uh, we open up here on uh, South Boston on St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of these strange aerial shots. It's as if they had five minutes to shoot this shit, and they were like, get whatever you fucking can, because we're going to get this helicopter landed. I can only think that that helicopter crashed eventually. It's it so, so dizzying fast. and yeah. disorienting. Like, it's really bizarre looking. But yeah, just some, you know, uh, shots, exterior shots of, of Boston. We get some fucking nonsense Billy Connolly narrating about vengeance or some shit or whatever. But yeah. anyway, we open up on our uh, McManus bros one of them's played by Daryl Norman Reedus. I mm-hmm. he plays Murphy. I think he's the younger one. Or no, they're fraternal twins. So yeah, never mind. They're the same yeah. age. And then Sean Patrick Flannery is uh, Connor. They walk through the middle of this church service. They're delivering uh, an entire very like procedurally. Different- yeah, I mean it's the St. Patrick's Day Mass. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. And they just walk through the middle of everyone, and like some of the priests are looking like, "What are these guys doing?" The and they go right these to guys? the center of everything, kneel down, do their whole prayer thing, and everyone's like, "Ah." It's the McManus bros. Of course, the McManus bros. <laughs> the, the preacher is, meanwhile, telling this whole story about some woman who got stabbed to death and people were watching and didn't do anything. The entire sermon is basically about the indifference of good men. Ugh. And that's not our bros. They are, while being good men, they're not indifferent. They, they fucking care. You can tell they care. And also, let's just talk about how fucking cool these guys Holy are. Holy shit, it's the trench coat mafia, my friend. <laughs> Everybody in this movie is wearing a fucking trench French coat. And blue jeans. And blue jeans. <laughs> but black, everything else is black. And black sunglasses. Black wife beater, black trench coats, black sunglasses. The rosaries. Black, like, ebony rosaries and fucking blue jeans. <laughs> fucking good old-fashioned American blue jeans. You can't forget their tats, too. They've got, you know, their veritas, equitas. On, yeah, just a million. Latin words on their truth for truth and justice on their... Their hands there and a, yeah. a million fucking uh, religious tattoos. And they can't comb their fucking hair to save their comb lives. Comb your fucking hair. You're in church. Wait, exactly, guys. What are you doing here? But apparently they work at a meat factory. And, and we're only introduced to this really quickly because it never comes back in again because, you know, they get a new job. But in this weird intra- interaction with this new lady that they're training, there's this whole thing where, for some reason, she gets pissed off. I only I, mention this because Norman Reedus punches a woman in the first five minutes, and that's before the title. And we're all supposed to be like, these guys are fucking cool, I'm man. just so fucking confused. Like, I guess it's just to show, like, what these guys are like when they're not fucking cutting church short. Yeah. Uh, if there's... <laughs> Because they're, like, dicking around and hitting each other with meat. That's a health code violation, you fucks. South Boston, man. (laughs) Yeah, good point. Good point. Never mind. Um, But, yeah, they're, like, hitting each other with meat. And then they're training this woman. And this woman gets mad at them for no fucking reason whatsoever. He's like, rule of... Oh, because he says rule of thumb. And she's like, you know, in the Bible, the rule of thumb meant that you could beat a woman as long as the rod was no thicker than your thumb. And that, like, sets her off. Like... 
That's a weird, obscure yeah, reference. Yeah, she hits Connor, right? She and kicks him right in the neck. Kicks him in the balls. Yeah, and then Murphy fucking hauls off and punches her. Fucking rails her in the face. It's Jesus. funny. Jesus. <laughs> But uh, we get a little taste of McGinty's, I guess. It's this uh, bar downtown that they're frequent customers of. And we get a little taste of some of their best bros here. Rocco, a.k.a. the funny man. Oh, my God. My best friend. <laughs> this guy, I haven't seen him in any other movie except for these. Uh, the first one and the second one. I remember the second one. He's looking fucking he looks haggard. fucking rough in the second one, which it's weird that he's in the second one at all. But I'm looking on the, the Wikipedia here, and the guy's name is David. Rocco and he plays the character David Rocco his name's Rocco in the movie too so they just I mean that's just like gonna tell you how that's gonna tell you how much effort was actually put into this film there's also this old bartender I think his name is Doc and we both kind of remembered as he started speaking because apparently the guy does he have Tourette's what's happening yeah he He also stutters but he also has Tourette's but he keeps just interrupting everything with fuck ass yeah (laughs) Well, basically, and I, I could have sworn this character played a much a bigger role. Bigger right, role me too, in this dude. Movie, yeah. and he really doesn't. He's just a, essentially telling all these Irish folks who are sitting around for St. Patrick's Day that he's got a foreclose on his bar. Yeah. Well, the working class guy here in Boston is getting shafted, and there's all these mobsters and pimps and drug dealers, and they're taking over the city. Who's yeah. gonna help us? Well, so Rocco works for the Italian mob. Yeah, he's like a package guy. He's a package man. He oh. just runs packages. Yeah. If you didn't know this. They do this stupid fucking thing that they love doing in the late 90s, early 2000s, where oh they God. do the freeze frame and freeze. the graphics on, like, this guy's this yeah, is his and name, it has this like, is his position. And it has, like, a stupid, like, typewriter sound effect to it. It's so <laughs> fucking dumb. <laughs> so Ivan Chekhov, who's one of these Russian mobsters, he comes in with two other, uh, you know, goons, and they're basically giving them shit... D- d- are they looking for money? Why are they even in this bar? No, so th- he's coming in because I, I... And again, this is where it just starts to get fucking muddled because there are so many scenes in this movie where I just don't know what the fuck is happening. <laughs> um, he comes in and he basically tells the Irish guy that he's got to get out now, even though apparently he ha- he has an entire week. He just happens to be coming That's in right, right now and yep. telling him, like, no, you got to get out. Like, we're, we're closing down your bar. Yeah, and he does this whole little monologue. He says, if you don't go, we will make you go. And then it's a hard cut. Yep. Let's talk about this right now. The editing in this movie is out of this fucking world bad. It's fucking bananas, man. It's all over the place for no logical fucking reason whatsoever. Uh, whatsoever. Despite the fact that Pulp Fiction was released in 94 and everyone was doing the nonlinear storytelling, because that's hip and edgy, man. You got to tell this out of order. It plays no completely insignificant and has no purpose well, in this the re- movie. The reason it works in Pulp Fiction is because that he they stay on scenes and like yes. the way it's told it all connects and it's very natural in the way that it's non-linear which I guess is an oxy, you know kind yeah, of yeah. contradiction there. Sure, sure. But um but in this one it's just like there's no fucking reason for it. And it, it serves real no real purpose. No, and it completely removes all the tension from any of these scenes because as oh, soon yeah. as they start to get to some sort of action beat or, or violence or, or if, some sort of cool dialogue. Yeah, like or a climax. Yeah, it just falls cut. off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it'll cut to some other person and then it'll go back to that fucking scene to show you what happened. But anyway, in this first time, it cuts to this crime scene in an alley where... Uh, 
are three good old boy detectives. These guys, so one of them is played by Bob Marley. We won't mention the other two because they're fucking meaningless. They're three detectives who work for the Boston Police Department. Bob Marley, I've met a few times. He actually signed my copy of the Boondock Saints too, motherfucker. No, but he's a funny main comedian. In this, he's he's fine. He's not terrible, but uh, I, I do get a kick out of just seeing him on screen because it's like watching your fucking uncle in a movie somehow because this guy's just a really like down-to-earth. I've met him a bunch of times. He's just like a, real, a good old boy, you know I mean, what I mean? That's a connection for you. I, I Nothing to me. No, I completely understand. Me, yeah. yeah, exactly. And uh, there's a, there's two dead mobsters in this alley, and we get introduced to Willem Dafoe, who, again, plays the FBI agent Paul Smecker. He is... Uh, how would you describe this character? He's very strange. He, he, he seems at first because this is 99, we got to make fun of, you know, gay people. He, he, he starts off with this feminine, um, the, the way he approaches the scene, the investigation, everyone's kind of yeah. like making jokes and okay, elbowing so, each other. Okay. So he's got, I don't know. He, everybody in this film has to be fucking cool. You know what I mean? You know it. Yeah. So like, yes, he's the gay character and it's the nineties and we got to make fun of the gay character and we got to laugh at his expense but god forbid he's not fucking cool so he comes up with you know all the confidence in the world and he's belittling all the other fucking detectives Give be like wow and a bagel. <laughs> wow you guys are fucking morons aren't you but he's also like he'll sneak in flamboyancies every once yes. in a while yes. uh this one thing that he does that i i loved back when i was a kid now i just thought it was like a little awkward and out of I guess out like out of nowhere is that he's got a portable CD <laughs> player, which God rest in peace, portable CD players. Oh, those um, sucked. And he plays, yeah, they did. <laughs> and he plays. Uh, if you're listening to this on a portable CD player, <laughs> just give it a time. Yeah, man. figure it out. Um, but he he plays this opera music, and he's you know strutting around the. Waving his arms around like a conductor or some shit. Yeah, like, and he's he's, he's casing the place. And yeah, it, he listens to this classical music this one time though during investigation. I thought I thought it happens this, like seven times. Yeah, and me only too. Happens once. Happens once. Then <laughs> <laughs> gone. Completely gone. But he figures it out pretty quickly. He he can spot where the bullets were going, and you know all, all these other detectives have these ideas of what happened. Willem Dafoe basically makes fun of him. He said, "You guys are fucking idiots," and basically tells them what happened and that's when we get the fucking hard cut back to what like we finish the scene in the bar right yeah, after we fin- that. yeah so yeah. we finish the scene in the bar but again this is it, it's ridiculous so actually it cuts to the brothers in the hospital okay then the story then it, then it cuts back to the goddamn police department where they're chatting about how the story got leaked to the press and Defoe is not having that he doesn't want this to go public because he doesn't want these suspects portrayed as heroes in the media. 5 minutes from now though he changes his fucking tune completely cuz they become best friends. Yeah, they walk so in they walk into the police department cuz they're like, "Oh, we're just we're going to tell them like we did it in self defense." Yeah, and, they waltz right into the front door. Yeah. But that's when, so they do this interrogation scene and just, we'll blow through it because we still got a lot of movie left to go through. But essentially it's like, oh, we're fucking cool. We know several thousand languages. They're essentially bonding with Willem Dafoe for no fucking reason whatsoever. Not under oath or anything. So casual. So during the interrogation, they find out what actually happened. So it cuts back to the bar and the lead mobster winds up, winds up punching out Rocco and the McManus brothers are good old boys. They tie him down to the top of the bar and set his ass on fire. Yeah. <laughs> then it cuts, it's St. Patrick's yeah, Day. It's St. Patrick's Day. That's what we do. 
So it cuts to the next morning, and the Russians break into the McManus's shitty apartment, and this is so strange. So they handcuff Connor to a toilet. Mm -hmm. They grab his brother, Murphy, and say they're going to kill him, you know, to kind of, you know, piss off Connor. But instead of doing it in front of him... They take him all the way downstairs, five yeah. flights to the yeah, fucking alleyway. Take him into the alley and try and shoot him in the garbage, which let's let's connect the dots here. Like you said, they're not doing it in front of him, so they're the weight of the impact is this? gone. <laughs> they're doing it in broad daylight in the middle of downtown Boston. <laughs> Why would you not kill him in the room? I kill don't him understand. In the room. But I will say there are a few cool shots here. So he's pulling his handcuffs, he's pulling at the chain, and like there's blood running down his wrists, and he winds up ripping the fucking toilet seat, the toilet out of the ground. I can I think this is kind of a cool shot with the water and plumbing bursting Dude, out underneath. I want to give credit to some of the shots, but I'm everything trying is... trying to find positives. Yeah, I get at. it, but everything is ruined for me with the slow motion and the fucking so opera religious music. It's just, it, it like... Uh, is it a bit much? Is it a bit much, Dan? It was a little much. So, Connor goes to the edge of the building. He drops this the toilet from at least five stories up while this guy's about to shoot his brother. He's a goddamn ace aim, and he crushes the guy's head with the toilet and then leaps off the building to hit the other guy? Again, that's at least five stories. How does the other guy (laughs) die, by the way? He only dies, I think, because he gets hit by Connor. Like, the guy lands on top of him. Do they shoot him? I don't think they do. No, they don't. No, that's the whole Willem Dafoe's point is that they don't have weapons. Oh, yeah, because Bob Marley thinks that one of them was a serial crusher and he got crushed to death. That's right. (sighs) But they rob uh, the Russians, the two dead Russians on the ground, and yeah, steal their shit. And then we cut back to the interrogation room. So that's what happened, man. Hooray. And wouldn't you know it, Boston PD decides to just let these assholes go. No charges at all. Well, they let them fucking stay the night. They're like, yeah, you guys are good to go. But if you want to stay the night because they don't have a fucking apartment anymore or something, or <laughs> yeah. it's flooded or something. So they're like, you want to crash in a holding cell? <laughs> yeah. They, so they crash in a holding cell. And that's when they have the fucking fever dream message from God. They basically blues brother it up a little bit. They get a fucking message from God that, and it, just, I'm not going to go into what the voiceover says. I don't know says. what happens. They just wake up in the middle of the night and it's just a bunch of voiceovers telling They're them. They're getting like rained on or something like that. Yeah. And and yeah. they just wake up and they, they just Some fucking, sort of epiphany, yeah. They leave. Um, but the next day, they're best fucking friends with the cops. Yeah, they're even, like getting high fives as they're leaving. The yeah, station. even though BPD was just like moments before making racist jokes about the Irish and oh yeah, yep. And the press has labeled them the Saints of Boston. I mean, not really. Like they fucking they killed two people. Killed two people supposedly in self defense, and honestly, they started it because they lit a guy's ass on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so. Rocco, meanwhile, is dropping off a package at uh, the, the Russian mafia's... No, what? the Italian mafia. Oh, the Italian mafia. That's right. This is Papa Joe Yacoveta, right? Yeah, which Yacoveta... <laughs> why would you pick that name to differentiate between the Italians and the Russians? <laughs> I don't know, but he's the head of... Yeah, some Boston... It's a Boston mafia. Yeah, it's the... it's it, This whole movie, it seems like it's going to be a, a war between the Irish... Or not the Irish, the Italian and the Russian mafia... This is not, just not how it turns out. It turns into like some crazy, like John Wick esque fucking 
bonanza. And Ron Jeremy is this guy's right-hand man. You heard that Porn right. Porn King Ron Jeremy. Ron Jeremy, because you if you didn't think this movie struck you as a B-movie so far, let's put Ron Jeremy in there real quick. And so Rocco's trying to work his way up the ladder of this uh, mafia, right? Yeah, he's been working for him for like 18 years or something like that. Gotcha. So using the pager that they found off of the dead mobster, they uh, call it... Remember, what, remember pagers? Yeah, I remember what, what fucking useless technology that was. Someone calls you, you get like a message like this person called you, you gotta call him. You can't call from it's the pager. It's, it's I mean, useless. Just think about this. The function of your pager is essentially your missed call screen. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, for sure. So they call up and they discover that there's this big meeting happening. I think it's tonight in some hotel. Who gives a shit? So they decide out of nowhere, really, that they're gonna Okay, so this is, apparently this their fever dream from God yes. was that they are going to start fighting back against the evil people in society. Obviously, that means the dude. drug dealers, the mafiso, the pimps, the drug dealers, all of them. Uh, it's so fucking dumb. So dumb. <laughs> uh, speaking of dumb, this gearing up scene. So they go to, I, I don't know, some local guy that uh, they take all the shit that they stole off the mobsters. Yeah, because these two Irish hoodlums with apparently no criminal record whatsoever. Meat workers, meat packers. What yeah, the meat fuck they packers. Do? <laughs> know this fucking underground Irish arms dealer. <laughs> and they yeah. essentially hand him like a ton of money and like the two guns that they stole off the Russians. He's like, have your pick and they go in and just take a bunch of fucking guns have this stupid back and forth about getting a rope Ugh, it's infuriating dude i like this is what's sad is i remember watching this scene and like smiling back in the day dude i used to like this whole this whole thing this this whole thing that they're doing and dude, i'm the so back, ashamed of i mean the back and forth is it's not only boring it just seems lazy they they're arguing about a rope for 2 minutes in this scene well there there's a whole lot of uh like meta what happens in movies and tv yeah, shows yeah they do, and do a lot of like almost not quite fourth wall breaking but they get close to it yeah it's like they don't want to come off as cheesy so when they do all these cliches that you've seen a thousand times all they do is just like they just acknowledge it. <laughs> it's just it. like yeah. hey this wouldn't happen in a this happens in movies right that yeah which and, and you know if you're gonna do that just go ahead and break the fourth wall just fucking do it like i will say these two guys i think sean patrick flannery puts in a better performance than norman reedus there's a few lines that that, that daryl Re- from walking dead you know, gives that's a bit yeah. norman reedus <laughs> and is, i like him i like both of these actors are yeah fun. i like norman reedus now, but yes. back then, Norman yeah. Reedus rough. <laughs> He's gotten a lot better. He's gotten a lot better. Uh, their their chemistry is 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 fine. Like I think that undeniable. These two guys, yeah. yeah, I think these two guys work well off of each other. Their dialogue's not good, but I think they're doing the best they can with this material. You can tell they were probably friends offset. Yeah, I mean, they're no you and McGregor, Brendan Fraser, but right, no, <laughs> dude, I pray for. I wish that movie you got made. Pray for oh, Brendan man. Fraser now. Boondock I want, Saints. I want you and McGregor and Brendan Fraser today, 2018, to do this movie, the third fucking movie, or to them go. They should play the younger versions of them in the origin story, man. I'm not gonna ask you if Brendan Fraser regrets ta- not taking the role, but do you think Ewan Ewan McGregor, who mind you, went on to play fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, the same year. Phantom Menace was 99. Regrets not taking the Boondock Saints role. I don't know, man. All I know is Mark Wahlberg turned this down for Boogie Nights. <laughs> Bad decision. Bad choice. <laughs> Bad movie. <laughs> not good. Oh, man. He could have been a McManus brother and <laughs> say he was Dirt Diggler. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, they head off to the hotel for this meeting. We cut to Willem Dafoe. <laughs> okay, Willem Dafoe waking up next to his boyfriend in bed, and uh, he gets the call that there's nine dead bodies have been found at this hotel. Again, we don't see what happened. We just find out about the aftermath. Yeah. We get to the crime scene, and there's yeah nine dead people. They all have pennies on their eyes. Mm -hmm. uh, you know the classic. You got to pay the toll, troll toll. To yeah, you got to pay the <laughs> troll toll if you want to get into this boy soul. Um, <laughs> so it's does his whole, you know, investigation and very quickly uh, deduces that it was two dudes based on how this, uh, the lead guy was murdered, I guess, this head boss who yeah. was, he believes to be their target. Yeah, and by the way, I... <laughs> I'm just going to get this out of the way. He has no leads and no sp suspects after he cases this place. Uh, my first reaction was, well, it has to be the McManus brothers, right? Yeah. Like, they just killed two fucking mafia dudes, and all of a sudden the entire head of the Russian mafia ends up dead the next day. They're the first, that is the first phone call I make. Hey, what, what were you guys doing today? It's so funny because he's, as he's like going through this whole thing, he's like, Oh, yeah, they were both similar size. They were both, like, about the same height. And uh, <laughs> they might as well have been, like, they, they were probably they brothers. They were probably <laughs> Irish twins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know why that's not the first goddamn people they call. He also <laughs> mentions that they're expert shots. What what has led us to believe that these two guys are fucking the best shooters in Boston? Well, we finally figure out what happened the night before. So uh, the McManus bros uh, are hiding in the vents of this hotel. There's this whole back and forth about where they're actually going and they get in a good old boy fight. Oh, yeah. God, I hate this so much. They're in it's such a fucking tense situation and again they do the tarantino thing where they try to break that tension yeah. with a, a little with bit a of little humor bit of and humor. whatnot but it's so out why why are you why are you hitting it's, your brother in this situation yeah, like you it's need to be so out of quiet. place and norman reedus knows the stakes why won't he shut the fuck up but bickering and fighting like bros do they wind up collapsing the vent and Thankfully, they brought that rope, man. And even, we don't know what that rope's connected to. I don't know what. I've never known what this rope is connected to because they just have it in like it's like wrapped around their yeah. arms and whatnot. But they hang down from the vent, and it. I, I feel like this is one of the more iconic scenes yes. of this movie. They're yes. hanging upside down. Uh, they, they get tangled up by the feet, and they're just swinging in a circle, both of them and back they shoot, to back. And they shoot eight people dead without it. I think anyone else getting a fucking not shot a shot off. off. Yeah. And these are all like you know. Russian monsters. Yeah. They then assassinate fucking the head of the Russian mafia. That's it. Russian mafia done. And shepherds we will be. And shepherds for thee, my lord, be. for thee. Power hath def uh, descended forth from Just thy stop. hand. I knew the whole Just thing stop. back in the day. Numeni patriot fili. Spirit Santi. I don't want you to do this anymore. Well, maybe I've got the entire prayer tattooed on my back. No, you don't. Look! <laughs> Brandon, why did you do that? Brandon, no! <laughs> this was a bad movie! <laughs> but uh, also... Uh, worth noting that Rocco has been tasked by the Italian mafia That's to right. come in and put a hit on these guys, unbeknownst to the saints. Oh, yeah. So as they're celebrating their victory here, they get a knock at the door. He's dressed as a hotel concierge, yeah. and they decide, hey, man, let's fuck with him, man. We're, we're the McManus bros. Who cares if we just murdered nine people? And This is going to be funny. <laughs> exactly. Um, so they, they fuck with them, basically tell them they're going to kill him, and then they reveal themselves and... Then they basically recruit him, right? Yeah. Well, no, because oh, he's got his training, basically. Yeah. Right? No, he go. They basically go out and get fucking drunk. That's that. Uh, that is the next scene. They go out and get drunk, in which uh, Rocco accidentally kills his girlfriend's cat. I love this scene. 
uh, back in the day, man. Today, I don't oh, yeah, know what it, sets well, off the gun. Is it well, him just slamming his yeah, fist on the sla- table? No, he slams the gun on the table. Oh, okay. It's right. that classic fucking, again, it's that Pulp Fiction, uh, I accidentally shot the guy of sitting course. in the back of the yes. car. It's even got the same like aesthetic. They just like freak out. There's a blood spatter on the wall. It's... But it just has far less consequences because he killed a cat and they're drunk and nothing in this movie means anything until the end. Yeah, this whole conversation that they're having uh, before this is just about how they plan to go around. There should be you guys in every city because everyone, you should just go out and kill all the bad people in the world. I mean, this is basically this director arguing for vigilanteism. Yeah, and like, so at the, at the, god damn it, let's do this now. At the core, the core idea of this of just like two guys in Boston and like a working class neighborhood mm-hmm. stepping up to rid the world, the, their neighborhood of evil. I'm down with. I'm fine. That's Death Wish. There's so many fine, movies yes. that take that vengeance or trying to protect their neighborhood. Well, it's like yeah, yeah. It's been done before. What what bothers me about the whole thing is that they have no rhyme or reason really for who they decide to kill and. There's no consequences. They have or absolutely zero motivation. No one they know it, close to them is killed. Right. They yes. Have, exactly. Like, they don't witness some horrific crime. They just apparently like have this vision from God. And, and essentially, what this comes down to, if you're really gonna bare bones, because someone told me today, because I was talking that we were gonna be doing this movie, someone told me today, it's a pretty good revenge movie. No, it's not. They don't. They don't take vengeance, <laughs> right? Yeah. On anybody in this film, because no one's wronged them. No one's yeah. wronged them. So essentially, the bare bones plot of this movie is two psychopaths <laughs> go around Boston <laughs> shooting people. That's the. That's all this movie is. It's just psychotic people. Going around being like, I don't know, we could kill him. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Let's go get drunk. Yeah, I mean, like, the original Death Wish and even Death Sentence with fucking Kevin Bacon, those movies work because of their wife gets killed, their daughter, their son gets murdered. Like, there's a there's an inciting incident that makes them, you know, nothing, dig deep into themselves to be like, I've got to stop this madness from nothing happening. Nothing happens to these guys. Rocco doesn't get killed off in the beginning. The bartender doesn't get killed off. Yeah, or like, maybe they should have, like, maybe their mother or someone, just someone close to them dies. That's right. what causes them to... Well, so that's I what I was know. thinking because the priest is doing a sermon about this woman getting stabbed in the middle of the street and everybody just kind of watching and now no one doing anything. I thought that had a connection to yeah. these guys they never mentioned they're that not even listening to that fucking story they're no, on their no, way no, out of there yeah. anyway uh so after the boys wake up after their drunken stupor rocco bursts in telling them that they've got to go because he was sent on another mission or he was going to chat with some folks about what had happened because he believes that he might have been set up or at least connor and murphy are trying to convince him the italian mob wanted well, the italian mafia day. sent him into a room of nine people with a six shooter Ooh, do the math man do the math he was gonna die uh, they're trying to convince him. He's like, no, 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 that wouldn't happen. Like, they're good guys, the good old fellas, the good fellas, good fellas, rated oh. us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. You're welcome. Worst um, movie. Yeah, not as good as this movie by yeah. far. Um, but he goes into Scorsese's not as good. <laughs> he goes into a uh, diner to meet these two goombas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Basically, just... all you need to know is he winds up losing his shit and he kills both of them and the bartender. Did, why do you kill the bartender? I don't know. I The only thing that I could conjure up from this terrible dialogue was that everybody knew he was basically going to his death. And okay, so he yeah, just sure. takes vengeance, like even the fucking bartender. Yeah, does it in the middle of broad daylight, kills three people. Kills three people. Cuts back to them. He's like, we got to go. We got to get the hell out of here. So their next plan is to 
kill Ron Jeremy's character, right? So they arrive at the sin bin, which is this. Yeah, like, well, because he's still on his like pissed off rant, so he's like, "Let's go kill Ron Jeremy because Ron Rocco, Jer- yes, yes, yeah, because Ron Jeremy was the." Uh, right hand man of right hand man Papa so he's Joe like dude Yacobetta. fuck that guy and he's been a dick to me let's go fucking kill him and the the the, the brothers are like i don't even know if we want to do that and he's like no come on let's do it and they're like all right you're right so what's weird it's like a porn palace it's one of those like uh strip joints where there's a glass in yeah, between apparently you like feed a dollar and like the glass well, maybe open. more than a dollar come uh, on yeah I'm just, <laughs> yeah sorry no you're right i you don't know the ins and outs dip, the- <laughs> dug deep into my fucking sleazy sin bin sin bin <laughs> references you slide money to a hooker, a glass opens, she dances for you, you jerk off. It's got to be the grossest, dirtiest thing. Hey, we've all been there on a Friday night. Bounna, bounna, it's Friday, Friday. Got to jerk off on this window. What is wrong with you? Are you okay? What is wrong with the McManus bros, man? Because they come in, them? They, they shoot up Ron Jeremy, right? And there are, I guess, two other dudes in there minding their own business. I don't. Are these bad guys? Are these they, bad guys? All they say They're is... They're not... Connected to the mafia, right? No, they just like I, I no, I have no idea. I don't think so. They just know them. They're like, oh, I know those guys. Those are bad dudes. And they're like, oh, okay, let's kill them. But- and Rocco like steps up. He's like, can I do it? And they're like, no. And he's like, please. And they're like, well, okay, Rocco. And <laughs> Prove so, yourself, bud. Yeah. And so Rocco, like, they clearly only did this just to get this fucking scene. Rocco does the thing where he's got his arms outstretched to either side, and he's shooting. So and he like crosses cool, his arms. And we failed to mention because it's fucking in inconsequential uh willem dafoe throughout all of these scenes is popping up being like what the fuck is happening (laughs) yeah we keep cutting back to him as he's investigating again and discovers at this point oh wait hang on a second there must have been three shooters a third shooter because two of the shots are really good one of the shots is fucking terrible because rocco's an idiot so (laughs) That <laughs> and then he's informed of the diner shooting, and then he gets really pissed off that no one told him about this. I, yeah. Again, I don't know why anyone didn't tell him about this. This is three dead people. In yeah, the three fucking- dead people and two, and like at least two of them had mafia connections. Why are you not telling the FBI agent about the two fucking dead? Mm. Doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, so Papa Joe Yacoveta, he is getting scared at this point because he thinks that Rocco is uh, on could, killing yeah, spree by himself. Spree by himself, just taking out every member of the Italian mob. So. They decide, all right, so they decide that they're going to release a prisoner that they're responsible for putting there? Who who put him in prison? Okay, all right, so what I can understand is El Duce. Played by Billy Connolly, who might... I love Billy Connolly. I love his voice, Uh, too. Yeah, he's... He's he's pretty good in this movie, Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, The Duke, El Duce... Uh, he's in. He was a hitman that the mafia would call upon every once in a while when they had a thing that they couldn't handle themselves. And you know, even the old mob boss is like, I only called him like two times yeah. in the entire time I ran the mob. Right. So like, he's dangerous. You got to be careful. Um, but he's doing jail time and so i assume the mafia pays off the parole board to grant this psychotic killer that's so dangerous they need to put him in a cage during the parole here yeah he's got every shotgun and rifle pointed at him during the parole hearing he's in a cage he's in like several thousand chains he's in the middle of a giant room where he can't hurt anybody they grant him parole <laughs> that cuts to the stamp being parole granted i just keep picturing a fucking morgan freeman and shawshank like yeah i don't know what that word means <laughs> rehabilitated <laughs> yeah this guy gets parole but fucking morgan freeman can't God morgan damn. freeman can't 
It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, but so, so now we know fucking El Duce, the the crazy assassin that uh, is fucking just gonna kill everybody is now on the loose meanwhile we have another hey i know a guy that we could kill <laughs> like that's just what it's, it's what's like happening you're bored and like what should we do today let's kill some more people yeah rocco's who's, like who's bad because rocco apparently knows everybody he's like i know a guy we could kill so they go out to kill another hitman that rocco claims like oh it was the worst day of my life he murdered a family i guess yeah i don't know like so, so this this would make sense to me if they were like say it cuts to them in their apartment they read in the newspaper oh this gang murdered this whatever yeah murdered if an they, entire family but th- that's that doesn't happen it's just like all based on secondhand yeah. stories from yeah people. so rocco, it, i don't even know how long ago this was i have no fucking idea so rocco says uh i know this guy He's he's bad. He has a poker game every Thursday or whatever. Let's go fucking kill him. And again, this is happening in broad daylight. Broad again. daylight. But we cut to. We're not going to find out what happened there, dude. We got to cut to the crime scene. The police are next. Uh, you know, the next one they're investigating. Willem Dafoe explains what happened while kind of being in the scene. Now, part of me kind of likes this. Part of me really hates. I this. was going to say so. <laughs> so as kind of a narrative driven scene yeah this is the only thing that i'm like i get what you were going for yes. and i'm kind of behind it yep it's willem dafoe walking through the scene with the mcmanus brothers and rocco and he's like narrating what they're doing yeah so they and obviously it, can't and see him and yeah they can't see him and, and but he's like there next to him and it's kind of cool but where it gets weird <laughs> where it starts to get really weird is that willem dafoe starts like losing his fucking mind in this scene. <laughs> he, he like he's walking him through and he's he's mimicking them shooting and it's cuz they shoot making, a good what like six guys or some shit. Oh, they kill in like the 12 people in this very first part. They shoot a bunch of guys who again, I don't know if I'm assuming they're bad cuz they're probably connected to this guy but well, these are just guys yeah, at a an, fucking poker game, really. <laughs> yeah, so at this point you you set out to seek vengeance on one guy, you've also killed eight innocent people. <laughs> Yeah, they can't find the guy they're looking for Although, after they've murdered everyone else, but the guy see, comes out of the... He was taking a dump. And this is part of the problem, is that this then becomes guilt by association. Sure, yes. So this just another reason why this plot doesn't really work without yeah. fucking motivation. One guy could have been the Rocco of their group and was just trying to work his way up, was just a package guy. Exactly, hasn't done anything. Got a wife and, let's, and kids. I mean, let's not... Disguise the fact that Rocco is a package guy. He's been running drugs for the fucking mafia. Should he be killed? (laughs) Rocco, by every standard, should be fucking killed. Uh, but they kind of use this as a test to see if Rocco has what it takes to be a, a you know boondock saint, and they uh, <laughs> because let him... the rigorous the rigorous <laughs> trial <laughs> set down by God yes. for the last two days. But he winds up beating a guy the guy to death with a pool ball. Kind of cool. Yeah, it was cool. But this is hilarious. So they exit the residence. Everybody's dead inside. And this is where we get Willem <laughs> Dafoe. He's like, suddenly he's lost his coat. His hair's all disheveled. He's smoking a cigarette and he's doing the perfect, like, crazy Willem Dafoe face. He's like, then it became a bloodbath. <laughs> Dude, he lifts his gun in the air and he's like, there was a fire fight. <laughs> That's the best. And he's like, there must have been six guys out here because of the amount of, you know, gunfire in the house and mm-hmm. in the blood on the walls well, because El, we fi- come to find out that el duce has arrived he pulls out six guns one guy six guns yep and he starts shooting them and it's all in slow-mo again all and in defoe slow-mo. is like doing his orchestra thing like moving his hands yeah, all and around and he takes out his gun and he just starts <laughs> 
shooting it in the air. Is he doing this on the at the crime scene? I can only imagine he is. He which must can be because can, it shows him later on, and he looks all disheveled as he has. He's wearing and he's the same like, clothes, and he's like and, panting on the ground. Yeah. And can you imagine being a fucking detective at that scene, watching, and watching <laughs> Willem Dafoe just like losing his mind and then shooting a gun in the air, being like, what "There the was f- a firefly." What the fuck is, what is happening? What is Smecker doing? <laughs> but anyway, uh, basically everybody survives the encounter with El Duce. El Duce survives. Um, yeah, they all get, survive. The, they do. They, each one of them gets shot at least once. At Rocco least once. loses a finger. Yep. So we cut back to their apartment as they're cauterizing the wounds and whatnot. With, a, with an iron. With a hot iron, because they're badass, Yeah, man. they're fucking they're cool. Badass. They're fucking cool. Um, but Willem Dafoe, uh, who's like... Freaking out because the brothers used pneumonia to disguise their, to ruin their blood. Essentially, pretty cool. You can't use it. Yeah, it's actually a quick little. I like this little detail. It was actually pretty. Yeah, smart and cool detailed. But little did they know, fucking Rocco left his finger there at the scene, and for whatever reason, Willem Dafoe like hides it. it He's doesn't like, tell anybody. Like, yeah. yeah, like hides it and takes it home and Xerox it himself and i'm not kidding about this guy he xeroxes the fingerprint onto a piece of paper and yeah and then then it's something yeah fed into the machine and then it comes up with you know rocco's prints because he's obviously been arrested before he's a low-life piece of shit yep and 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 defoe's very confused by this like how did i miss this because he makes the connection because rocco came and visited the brothers while they were in jail brought them clothes and shit brought them their their toothbrush for their slumber party in jail um, so he makes a connection. Holy shit, it's the McManus brothers doing this. He's a fucking terrible investigator because, the, again, first phone call I would have made when the Rus- M- Russian mafia died off is the McManus brothers. Regardless, um, he goes off. He he gets drunk because in his one encounter, he realized he really liked the McManus brothers. <laughs> this is so weird. He's supposed to be like this amazing intellectual detective. Law citizen. fantastic FBI agent. And for one, the fact that he never connects these dots beforehand is is baffling. But yeah. they do all these strange things throughout the movie that like hint that he's also kind of weird or silly. Like there's that part where again, I, I don't want to derail anything, but there's that part where he's in the first crime scene and he's he's got the blood on his gloves and he's like putting it in his hair and yeah. everyone's looking at him like, what the fuck are you doing? There's this whole back and forth about am I supposed to believe he's fucking incredibly intelligent or is he just a uh, you know another goomba? Well, again, <laughs> guy. again, and I don't want to I don't want to get too far into this, but. It's it's this whole '90s macho mentality of like this is the gay character he's a little off yeah. you know what I mean yeah. like it's it's just it's kind of treating the homosexual character as just not all there and we just kind of see like a breakdown of Willem Dafoe in this movie but but I will say I feel like the the, the bad parts of the character are all. Uh, blamed like Troy Duffy is to blame. Like yes, Willem Dafoe, one hundred percent, really doesn't seem like he's um, Willem Dafoe's not overdoing it. No, he's. Well, I mean, he, he I mean, he is. is. He, he is. The character is so over the top, but he's not being insensitive or mean to the character. He, you can tell he yes. he's having fun with this, and he's yeah. not looking down on on gay people or anything like that. He's trying to do his best with this character by yeah. adding some flair. No, and it's some, absolutely and some fun. Duffy's fault. Yes, yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. But it's really weird that instead of doing anything about this after he makes the connection, he just goes to get his face at a gay yeah. bar. And, yeah, it's very yeah, strange. And then he goes to church. Yes, the he does. Same one that the brothers are in because it's Sunday they have to pray um 
And Rocco comes in and holds the priest uh, hostage because Willem Dafoe collapses in a confessional, yeah, completely drunk he off saw, his ass. He saw Willem Dafoe walk into the church, and he's like, I mean, if we kill this guy, we're off scot-free because he's the only possible person who could know that this is us. But Connor also, for some reason, is fond of Willem Dafoe, so he goes into the other side of the confessional and pulls Rocco's head through it, puts a gun to his head, and is like, do not shoot him. You know, he's and on so, our team. And so Willem Dafoe... And this is where I really start to have a problem with the character because Willem Dafoe is drunk and he's talking to this priest. He's like, he's like, yeah, I mean, they're doing these crazy things. They're killing a lot of people. And the priest is like, well, do you agree with that? And he's like, I mean, I kind of do. Like, and so Willem Dafoe <laughs> takes all of his years and years and years and years on the force and just fucking tosses it away. And he's like, no, I think I'm going to help them. And that's exactly what he does. He fucking helps <laughs> the boondock saints he just throws away all of his credibility yeah it's very strange so we cut to connor on a fucking payphone they're like exchanging information and, yeah. and details about the case like it's really yeah because it comes out of nowhere and and while he's doing some investigating he's he somehow finds out that they all got kidnapped yeah they're, no- they're all looking for il duce yeah right? Yeah, they're looking for El Duce because El Duce is dangerous and he's not going to stop until he fucking kills these guys. Um, but it's just, it's confusing because literally the next second they're captured. This, I have no this fucking is idea fucking how this is ridiculous happens. because the amount of fade to blacks in this movie, Ugh. it's like Troy Duffy didn't know the basics of a mo- of how to put together a movie, like how to assemble and right. edit. There there are no exterior shots no exterior. of just buildings to to separate scenes. There are like like the, the scene earlier we were talking about where they're drunk in, in Rocco's apartment, it fades to black and then fades opens again. The same exact fucking the same location. Fucking location. They're almost in the exact same spot. It's like what are you what's happening? I don't yeah. understand. It, it, it's so fucking but, but this part is really like confusing and kind of angering because it cuts from them off the, the, the phone, and then they're immediately captured. It doesn't show them being captured. They're just nope. in a fucking torture chamber all of a sudden. Yep, and they're getting tortured by the Italian mafia, and uh, that's when they fucking they kill Rocco. Yeah, Yacovetta kills Rocco yeah, right he, in front of him, shoots him in the head, shoots yeah. him in the chest. And as he's dying, he's like, don't stop what you're doing. <laughs> just the, the, you're doing God's work. The fucking weird self righteousness in this movie just gets to me. Like, ah, oh, like, like. Honestly, it reminds me of like a Facebook comment board when like someone commits crimes and they're like, "We should kill him." Like, <laughs> whoa, relax. Like, this is just this is just Duffy's fucking Facebook comment. That's all this movie is. It's his weird Facebook comment that you try to ignore because you don't think people can be that weird. So they've got. The, the McManus brothers still in this torture chamber and all of the uh, Italian mob are now worried that Il Duce is coming to kill them. Is that what's happening? Because Yacovetta yeah. is really scared. He just up and leaves. Yeah, no. One of the one of the goonies goes, hey, El Duce is still out there. He's trying to hunt Rocco like he's not going to stop until someone's dead. <laughs> like, OK, so <laughs> they yeah. got him out of there. Yeah, I don't so Yacovetta just leaves and. As the brothers are trying to escape, they're like breaking their arms to get out of their chains. It come, we come to <laughs> the, the best part of the movie, right? The best part of the movie. No, the part of the movie where I almost just, I like, I completely lost it, man. I don't like, I was hanging on by a thread and then this happened and I was like, oh my I God. don't know what's happening. This is far and away the most confusing movie I've ever seen. Willem Dafoe, for no fucking reason whatsoever comes dressed as a woman that 
It's the ugliest woman I've and ever she, yeah, seen. The ugliest <laughs> woman. Willem Dafoe in a wig. In a wig and like a tight dress and lipstick Ugh. and high heels. And this guy fucking buys it. He's like. Oh my God. Yeah. He knocks he, on the door. The first guy there is like thirsty for yeah, Willem Dafoe. Oh, he looks at her and he's like, you're so fucking beautiful. Like instantly. <laughs> they send the, the hottest fucking box around. Yeah. You, that's what they? he yeah. says. And Willem Dafoe does a gross make out oh with this guy. Oh my God, dude. Sucking his lip. Ugh, and like, this is intense. Man. Uh, I cannot it is, deal. It is I cannot crazy. deal. Um, so, but Willem Dafoe comes in and he's like about to have sex with this dude the way he's like writhing on the ground there's even like an open shot of his legs and you can see he's, he's wearing like women's panties and yeah. shit we went I mean, all he went all yeah. fucking out but the guy realizes the wig's starting to fall off that's when defoe breaks it and just fucking shoots him in the head yep goes out and kills another guy and yeah. then and again is- this is a, a clear departure of the De- Willem Dafoe's character he's straight up murdering people yeah, he's, now. now he's just murdering people um but he realizes one guy has already got his throat cut who could have done that it's fucking El Duce yeah, dude he he's comes up in the behind house. him knocks Willem Dafoe out yep uh he goes into the interrogation room where the McManus brothers have gotten free and they're putting pennies on Rocco's face and they're doing their prayer and as El Duce walks in with the guns he hears the prayer and he just puts it away. He's like, huh. And they and they see him and he finishes the prayer. Yep. Nobody bothered Philly. Spirit Santi. Fade to black. I and I wish I was joking. Fade to black. No fucking explanation whatsoever. They're just now best friends. <laughs> They're just best friends. Like, so, are, are they, like, are they, re- what? I looked, yeah, it's in the second one, it's definitely said that they're related. I don't know if the director's cut tells us this, but in this movie, and I thought for the longest time, it was clear that he was their dad. It does not say not at all. fucking I, I guess clear we're, you know, at all. Well, we gotta be smart moviegoers and put it together. Right. Where's their they dad? Have, yeah. He's an old guy. They're Irish. He yeah, knows they, the prayer. They, all three of them Scots, the Irish accents. Exactly. He knows the family's prayers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> damn it. No, but, but this fucking shocked me because I really thought there was like maybe a scene where they're talking about their life or Nothing. their family or anything. Nothing. Nope. So we cut to Papa Joe Yacoveta. He is uh, in he's been arrested. on the stand. He's yep. been arrested and he's turning over state's evidence, right? I guess, yeah, he's been... Whatever, he's, he's, he's on he's trial. Flip, yeah, he's on trial. But all the media and everyone in the court's like, oh, man, he's going to get off. He's so fucking cool. Oh, they're talking about him like he's the fucking coolest guy. Don't they like, say he's the next... He's so Yeah, he's the next John Gotti. <laughs> That's right. Look yes. at him, he's so confident he's going to walk. But little did they know, man, the well, McManus bros and Papa Duce, yep. they come in and they're like throwing their guns over the metal detector. It's all... Yeah, <laughs> well, Willem Dafoe lets him in <laughs> oh, that's right, because, yeah. again, Willem Dafoe is just tossed all of his fucking morals aside, doesn't give a shit. And so they barge in there with their guns and they basically tell all the media people, like, look here. So you fucking know they're not wearing masks, mind you. No, they're not wearing masks or anything. And we know for a fact that they're media famous. They've been in the paper. They know, like, the neighborhood knows them well enough that, like, they go to church and they're like, all right, they're cool. Like, so everybody knows who the fuck these people are. They're not wearing masks. And then they're like, all right, check this out. We're going to fucking murder this guy. And then they do. Do it. Yeah, there's this whole speech they do uh, about fighting the corrupt in the city. They pull him off the stand, put him on his knees. Yeah, like they're the All lesser. They're the lesser of evils because they're fighting evil, and 
And so they just fucking blow this guy's Three head shots away to the head in front of several million witnesses, and they just get the fuck away. Oh, million! Wi- oh, are there there? Because are there cameras in the courtroom at that time? I could have sworn I saw. I think at there least were, one but camera. but if there yeah. weren't, as soon as people start rushing out of the court, you know, because they let them all go and whatnot, the media, you know, rushes up and starts interviewing. Yeah, folks. they're like, "What the fuck happened?" And then it cuts to all of these news stories. Sally McBride, by the way, our uh, you know reporter oh, in Sally the field, McBride. she's been coming in every once in a while in between fade to fucking blacks yeah. about you know just what's going on. <laughs> More people be dying yeah, in we, Boston. I feel like we. We should have mentioned Sally. We McBride really should because have. she's probably the best uh, narration <laughs> tool in this entire fucking film. But yeah, it cuts to Sally McBride kind of just interviewing people on the street and credits roll as this whole thing happens. And they're all fucking these terrible Back arguments forth, with people. Like, yeah. We're like, what do you mean? They're killing people. Like, I think it's good. Bad I, people. They should be in every city. What are you talking about? No comment. No comment. Oh, <laughs> like seven people say no comment. And then, I mean, that's it. That's the Boondock Saints. Holy uh, fucking shit, dude. Your thoughts. Ah, uh, man. This was a this was kind of a sad watch, honestly. <laughs> like I, the, the the more the movie went on, I, I just kept It's like when um you look back at pictures of yourself and you're like, what the fuck was I wearing that day? What, what <laughs> yeah. am I doing? Like, what's going on Ooh. with me back in the day? Yeah. This was one of those real like wake up calls, like Brandon, <laughs> you were kind of an asshole in your high school years, my friend. Look, I'm not going to uh, say people shouldn't like this movie. I completely get and understand why people would like this movie. It's because of the spirit of what is trying to be said here. The the take no prisoners, the the whole like, you know, stand up for your neighborhood and do mm-hmm. good in, in the face of evil, despite what people may say. I get it. It's really like... <laughs> badly intentioned in my opinion and there's a lot of racist homophobic dialogue in here oh, that, yeah. that that when Tarantino does it he he's pointing out something or there's he's commenting on a larger picture even though I mean like Jang Chain, the n-word said every two minutes he, he uses that derogatory and inflammatory language but but he's also teaching the lesson the story yes yeah. it serves the story here it just seems like it just seems like that asshole guy you knew in high school who's just trying to piss you off by saying stuff every once yeah, in a while. Duffy was just laughing at people. Yeah, that, that's what it kind of feels like. And he clearly loves these two characters, and but but it's too self-righteous. You, you mentioned that. like It's just yeah. too up his own ass about the whole thing. It's like, look how fucking cool we are, man. Yeah, and That's what really kind of angered me. I, I think the performances across the board... Are, are, are fair like I think the two brothers are all right Willem Dafoe clearly the best part of the movie and Billy Conley is is good in the, in the few scenes he's oh, in they do what they can with yes this they script. do and that's really what it comes down to it was a first time director who didn't really know how to put together a movie I think if this movie uh that script even was turned in by a different director you know mm-hmm. he, he maybe wrote the script and gave it to somebody and someone else made this movie probably would have been 10 times better despite the fact that the script I don't know why this was one of the hottest. Like, yeah, don't understand. <laughs> commodity original, scripts in in Hollywood. At the I time? mean, people must have seen at least potential. They were like, "Hey, this is a rough cut, but we can make this work." And then he was like, "No, yeah. you can't change my script." There, there's an overabundance of slow motion in this Ugh, movie, but I, yeah. I will say that there are a few action scenes that are fine. Like, like, 
Again, like, okay, man. <laughs> I don't hate the movie. I'm gonna give it what? It's got a twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's a little low, but no, but but a seven point nine is insane to me. Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give it a thirty five. I think it's thirty five. A thirty five. Huh? It's not a movie that I think I I need to revisit anytime soon. Um, but if. But, but you know, if a buddies of mine are watching it, it's a it's a fine movie to drink to on St. Patrick's Day. All right. <laughs> oh man, there's so there's many so many better. better of course there are. Watch of on course St. Patrick's there are. Day. Okay, so let me break this down for you. Uh, th- these are all the things that I f- I remembered people liking about this movie. Uh, that it had a cool premise. Uh, people liked it uh, because the Irish tones in it. Um, it's the the acting is sensational the story's great all these things that people said that they really like this movie upon watching this there's nothing there for me absolutely nothing it's so messy i lose all sort of uh sympathy for these characters okay yeah, because yeah, yeah. Sure. there's just no fucking motivation for them i remember b- back then thinking like well yeah they're just they're doing what's right no they're not man they're going around fucking killing people <laughs> for no reason other than they just woke up and said maybe we should just fucking kill people we're pretty good at it like yeah and yep. that's and that was their motivation no sympathy for those characters whatsoever there's fucking nothing irish about this movie by the way you know there's the the, the Catholic, Celtic music a little yeah, bit in the beginning there. the catholicism in it and the celtic music and the fact that they have irish accents that's the only irish thing about it i like there's the the idea that this is an overtly irish movie is overplayed there's nothing really to that it's more of a boston movie if you're gonna be uh, yeah, there's, and there's, there's more there's Italian so many, and Russian people, and there are, are fucking Irish people. Definitely, in this and movie. there's just so many better Irish crime Boston fucking movies. If you want to go fucking watch a good Irish Boston film crime film, just go watch The Departed. The Departed. Just go watch The Departed. Mark Wahlberg's in it. You'll oh, love yeah, it. He is. Say hello to your brother for Say me. Say hello to your brother for me. But it, again, you're right that like it. This movie feels like something that was handed in for like a high school video production project like it's it's edited poorly there's nothing spectacular about it there's a couple shots in it that work the script is self-righteous it's stupid nothing connects the storytelling's bad like you said though i will say if i'm going to grab a positive out of it out of it is that the performances are not terrible given what the script is but unfortunately for them the script is fucking atrocious the editing is even worse the <laughs> editing's even worse there's just things in it that make no sense whatsoever like why does willem dafoe have to come in dressed as a tranny like that you know it's, it's literally it's the director it's just, just laughing at people yeah laughing at homosexuals laughing at transvestites laughing at irish people laughing at, like it's just it's it i didn't like i was offended in a lot of this movie not as like not as a person but as a moviegoer i was like what are you trying to fucking do so i think 20 is right on the mark right, i i honestly right. don't I can't find a lot of positives in this movie. And it went from a movie that, like you said, like maybe I would watch it to a drinking, to a movie I think I would actually avoid. Okay. Like you guys are going to watch the Boondock Saints. I'm going to go do something else. Yeah. Like I just, I I hated it. I hated it. I can't believe it. I didn't think I was going to hate it. I knew it was going to be bad. I knew I coming in, I was going to be like, this is not going to be a good movie. Yeah. I didn't think 
after all was said and done, I'd be looking you in the eyes and be like, dude, that was fucking awful. I never want to watch that movie again. Yeah, I, and I don't think I do. I didn't, I, I didn't, I can't say I hated it. There's, there are some positives in there, but, but I was sorely disappointed. Oh, you man. know what? So 1999, right around this area, it reminds me of uh, two films specifically, Donnie Darko and Fight Club. Both mm-hmm. of those movies, the scripts are very, I wouldn't say nihilistic, but they're very male-driven and yeah. hip. You know what I mean? They're trying to do something different. They're macho. However, those are both fantastic movies, in my opinion. Yeah. And they're just directed so much better. And again, I think this script could have been passable in, in just a different director's hands, but it's just so messy and amateur, and it just doesn't add no, up to, one or to two, anything worth honestly, watching. Honestly, one or two rewrites and a different director, and this becomes an entirely different Probably very good film. If only Ewan McGregor and Brendan Fraser <laughs> were If only. It, man. And you know what? And Bill Murray is well, Willem Dafoe. And so now I kind of want to, after seeing that, I kind of want to go back and watch All Saints Day because... It's even worse. Oh, and I, I'm sure I promise you it's so much worse. Well, so what I was curious, because I I must have watched half of All Saints Day before. I Like, even then I knew. I was like, this is fucking bullshit. But I kind of want to go back and see, like, does he embrace the suck in the second one? Or is he taking it just as seriously as he takes this Oh, film? it's just as seriously. There's 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 a little bit more uh, comedy beats in it, and it's more polished. Well, because I think of the scene where, like, it, it pops up on YouTube for me every once in a while. The scene where Rocco comes back, and they're, like, on skyscrapers, and he's, like, oh, yeah, he's yeah, like yeah, t- yeah. he's like pumping them up about, like, ah, you got fucking red meat, shove it up your ass, or oh, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and I just remember that scene. Out of context, it's almost funny. Sure. Um, but, like, but you would think it out of context because you see a clip like that, and you're like, I, it can't be taking it seriously. But... Yeah, I mean, I'll take your word for it take that he's words. probably just yeah, as bad. I mean, man, and, fuck and, this movie. And a funny story to go with uh, Boondock Saints 2 All Saints Day. Uh, it was 2009. I was graduating high school, and me and my friends, like I said, big fans of this first one. The second one, because it was released very limited, much yeah. like the first one, yeah. was playing nowhere around us in Maine. We drove to fucking Massachusetts I fucking one night you, to I watch this you. movie. I can't tell you how... How disappointed I was leaving that theater. Like, we drove, like, four drove hours. all the way to four Mass. Four hours. I fucking hate <laughs> you, man. I hate you, and I hate this movie. Oh, man. I will say that there was a lot of good artwork that came out of uh, based on this movie. You know what I mean? Like, the, the culture surrounding this movie, I feel, is 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 kind of better than the movie itself. You know what I mean? Well, like, I the think fan we need, groups. Well, and, honestly, I think we need to revisit that now because, like, maybe what the <laughs> fuck comes out of this movie? And what? possible hands good. and guns and tattoos and rosaries around like, wrists what my friend. possible fucking good comes from this movie there's nothing good in this movie that means it cannot produce anything who good. knows man maybe we wouldn't have daryl in the walking dead i'm not a walking dead fan but i don't watch know, the walking knows, dead people, either people are so you know you know what i'm sure daryl would have been just as fine with a different <laughs> character because that character makes it work probably not norman reedus in particular you know what dude although i do like norman reedus norman reedus is fine all right all right let's stop talking about this shitty fucking movie <laughs> let's tell everybody what we're doing next week next week uh <laughs> holy shit what a 180 you know what i mean yeah. so uh we've been wanting to do this movie for a while like since we started since we started and we didn't know if it was popular enough we kind of alternate between really popular movies and then <laughs> movies that fucking barely anyone's watched <laughs> but we watched this a shit ton as kids yeah i haven't seen this movie for legit at least since 15 years. since i at was least a kid, 15 yeah. years yeah an American Tale 
Fightful goes west. Yeah, that's right. Not the, <laughs> Not first, the first American mill. tale. The second American tale where the the Russian Holy mouse shit. Jew immigrants. <laughs> Dude, there's, doesn't John Lovitz play a spider with a mustache? He does. <laughs> He's got boots on too. Well, regardless, so these Jewish Russian mouse immigrants go to the Wild West. I can't wait. James Stewart's in this fucking movie too. James he Stewart. is. There's a lot of what famous a cast. people in this. Dom DeLuise, I yeah. think, is also the cat. Yeah. Honestly, it can't be as bad as fucking Boudinac. There's no way it's going to be as bad. Man, I I really am sad. I really am sad. I've got the Truth and Justice edition. Yeah, well, maybe burn that. (laughs) Oh, hey. No, but like maybe burn (laughs) (laughs) All right. So thanks, everybody, for listening. That was episode 39. We're getting close to 50, man. We're going to hit it. Ooh, hit it and quit it. Hit it and quit it. Um that's not to say that the podcast is any. We don't know. <laughs> no, we're good. We're still trucking we're, along. Yeah, we're good. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening, for subscribing. And like we tell you every week, you know, shoot us an email, nostalgiabedamned. Uh, uh, yeah, try that again. Nostalgiabedamned at, what is it? Nostalgiabedamnedpod at gmail.com. Lord, Fuck, I created the thing. I don't even know. Yeah, let's get it together. I lied and said I was going to make a Twitter account. Uh, a lot of things happened. <laughs> yeah, a lot of things happened in this last week. In It'll my life. get done. It's, Calm down. We yeah. don't even use Twitter anyway. We'll yeah, do it eventually. I mean, I use Twitter a lot. Shut up, Zach. Anyway, you can also check us out on iTunes. Just search for Nostalgia Be Damned. You can also check us out on a lot of other podcasting apps and sites. We're there. I found us. And, uh, Please check us out on uh, nbd.podbean.com. That is our original hosted site. Don't forget to write us a review. That really helps us get the show out. And don't forget to share this with a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend who loves the Boondock Saints to listen to this podcast. No, you tell them to listen to this fucking podcast on the Boondock Saints and let them know that they're assholes. I don't want to piss these fans off. These are the type of people you don't want to piss off. I don't care. I'm going up to... This is going to be my fucking stand. No, this we're is gonna a get bad, we're gonna bad get movie. Bring it on. I hate this film. Which is better? Boondock Saints or Reindeer Games? Reindeer Games. Oh! Holy shit, <laughs> man. Ooh, upset that alert. is crazy. All right. Yeah. All right. Oh, that's going to do it. <laughs> that's, that's it. Let's end on that. And Shepherds, we will be for thee, my lord. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Peace. The pictures tell the story This life had many shades I'd wake up every morning And before I'd start each day I'd take a drag from last night's cigarette That smoldered in its tray Down a little something And then be on my way